The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. What are we drinking? Well, it's Friday. Oh, and... so we're having a martini. Oh, you think, huh? You think. Because it's Friday. Yeah. Or any other day you think it would be a martini, because <laughs> it's our favorite. But it's St. Patrick's Day, and we're having Guinness, obviously. Love and Guinness. Jameson whiskey straight up, which is a boilermaker. And, you know, how magic is it to have any holiday where two drinks are like a necessary evil? <laughs> it's amazing. It's actually an excellent uh, process, you know, when you have a holiday to make sure people celebrate it. Don't give them one drink. Give them two drinks. Give them two. Yeah. 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 And I love it because Jameson isn't like some of our scotches, of course, but Jameson right. is a very smooth whiskey. But what's great is it's distilled, matured, and bottled in Ireland. So it's really a product of Ireland. And Along so with the Guinness. Yeah. And so why not support that? Right. We do. Love Guinness. Absolutely love Ice Guinness. Ice cold mugs in the freezer. Mm. Um, okay. See, so that is just smoother than smooth, the Guinness. Yeah. Delicious. This is your whiskey. My Jameson. Your Jameson. What, what's Jameson. that old Irish thing? Look out lips, look out gums. Oh, I don't Look out something, here, here she comes. Here she comes, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's so caramely and sweet. It really is, you know, they complement each other. They do. But, and but, everyone but thinks a, Guinness is like, oh, it's a, you know, it's stout. It's going to be like super heavy. It's not. It's no. not. It's like a creamy. It's a creamy beer. It's beer. It's wonderful. I love it. So happy St. Patty's Day. Did you wear green today? No. I didn't. At <laughs> all. <laughs> I had, I'm, not, I'm not really Irish, though. I don't really think about St. No, Patty's I didn't. Day. You know, but there were a few people on conference calls and things today that were wearing we're little green. leprechauns or clovers and things, and I think that's great. I think St. Patty's Day means you make Irish stew. So we did that. We did that. So that's what's coming. Oh, that's going to be glorious. Yeah. Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. Littleton chapter seven, this chapter is called Between the Lines, and this is in the book 
Concerning Littleton by Mako Allen. Yeah. And Mako, as you know, as you, if you're a listener, is a big little player into adult baby diapers. Yep. yep. And his writing, as we've discovered through this book so far, is really an exploration of kink in the broadest umbrella sense. Right. You know, it leverages a particular fetish, but it's actually a inquiry about what it takes to establish kink dynamics, relationship, On both sides, On both though, sides, because right. yeah. we're experiencing how people that are vanilla-ish, yeah. Yeah. or we assume they're vanilla because we don't know anything more about them, yeah. running up against these characters who are part of the ABDL, and I think it's excellent writing in the sense of how people are uncomfortable with sexuality, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anything that seems like a taboo is very weird. So he writes well about how the vanillas may cease a part of the kink come out and be mortified for you. Right. They like you because they know you, but they're mortified for you, right? right? And then you have people who are progressive on the same kind of topics and are like showing, basically modeling how to do that. In the well, they're being empathetic and also curious. But I think it's judgment. important to hear that when people are going through this kind of thing, this this whole outing, yeah, yeah. that how they're approaching the person with compassion. This chapter is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And that goes for a lot of people. You need to realize we obviously, the society right now is really focused on the trans community yeah. itself. But there's a lot of people that walk around with sexuality. And one that comes to mind that's probably popular enough to come to mind more than like an asexual sexuality would be pansexual. Yes. A lot of people don't just walk around and say they're pansexual. I mean, I don't mean to say it like that. What I'm trying to say is... It's not a consideration in the vanilla society because what they deem that often as is just open relationship. Right. And there's a total difference between well, open and, relationship. And sometimes they talk about it as being bisexual. Yes, you're right. Yeah. They don't even label it as a sexuality versus a orientation to yes. orientation. Oh, you make a good point because this chapter, we get to experience the interesting and almost hippie aunt Nora who interacts with David and Aiden. And, you know, she doesn't let on like she's in the know, but she she's invites... She's way more in the but she's know. Way, she is, but, but she doesn't let on, right? So she just invites Aiden to go shopping. She, does David want to come? No, David's going totally to... totally manipulates him into this situation. She does, and then she drives him to a place far away, so she has him in the car to talk to him, which was a skill. It's actually a technique we use with our teenagers to get them to talk. Oh, yeah? Because they won't talk when they look right at you. Oh, but they can talk but they can to talk back if your they, head. To the, or the side of your face or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. They can't talk to you. So you, you drive a long way to get them talking in the car. But she does that, right? And they go into the store and they do the shopping and she kind of makes nice. And then she says to him about David, well, you've been spending a lot of time with him. And he yeah. goes, yeah. And she goes, well, how long have you been dating? And oh, that and that floors him, him. So she's like super cool because she can see right through it, right? Because she's seeing, you she know. She cares about him. She does care. But it's also that when you're interested in somebody, you interact with them differently than if you're not interested. In you're and right. she can totally see that. And also, though, she cares about him. So to ask about who someone's involved with allows you to be more in the loop for that age group. That age group is experimenting and, and meeting people. And she yeah. already knows he's older. 
by several years. Right. So his experience level at this point in age, when people go to college, 20 right. to 20, whatever. Yeah, she establishes that he's at two years ahead of him in school. But that just means yeah. there's an experience level. So yeah. as a caring person, she's asking. She's curious, right? So it's just funny because Aiden is so typical. Like he thinks he's Looking got good. this all hidden. Yeah. Oh, he and so thinks he he's runs, a master He runs back into the store to buy some items that he comes out and he puts down between his feet. And they end up dropping. Yeah, he, he, well, they end up right in. before their doorway practically yeah. where things just start dropping because they've been carrying him for flights or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she scoops him up and she goes in and she sees the package coming down and realizes it's got baby lotion and baby powder wipes. and wipes. Wipes right? are the giveaway. Lotion, not yeah. so much. Powder, maybe no, you're buying yeah. a cheaper powder. Yeah, but you know, it's just complete giveaway. And so she goes, basically, tell me what's going on. And he's, he's like, oh no. He can't imagine telling her, right? He can't imagine. And she already knows. And, and, she, and she says, look, it's okay. It's just between us. And, and she said, you can if you want to or not. Yeah. It's just between us though. Yeah. To give him that safe space. Mm-hmm. What I thought was profound about this is I remember... There were indications posts that I might have recognized as being a woman experiencing herself as a lesbian, Yes, let's say. But I think this is my handicap as a parent. I was working in a man's world. I was being accused of being lesbian or gay all the time, like all the time ongoingly. In fact, it became a weird sexual harassment type issue in the league because it was all about gender. Right. So now I'm in a moment where they're in hindsight and even during, I might've thought these are little things, but also generation to generation, they may have touch as a different thing. You know, the equation of think about Victorian society, you wouldn't touch each other on the hand, right. right? Let alone see your ankles, that kind of thing. And so we progress. And so I have to understand there's a generational change So even with my daughter, with me, and she loved me. She wasn't attracted to me. She loved me. But her mannerisms were different. I want to cuddle with you and I sleep and things. Right. You have a daughter and your daughter's not your son and girls and boys are different. And she I just know. wanted more closeness. Yes, yes, yes. I do think that. I'm not saying it's abnormal. Yes. yes. But there were little indications that I should have picked up on. But I didn't just because I was living my own life as a professional woman in a male-dominant world fighting that people thought I was gay. So I really wasn't focused on anyone but me at the time. That's reality. Flash forward, though, as we navigate this and we hear this type of writing about that identifying. I mean, when my daughter came out to me, she came out to me before we had the meeting, which means her father was there. And that it was now going to become real information. So behind the scenes, I'm already having many conversations for probably two to three weeks before the meeting happened. And, you know, in the meeting, obviously I had gone through several things before, but I remember being very thoughtful and hopefully guiding my spouse on whether I had upset about it or not. Just being accepted. Yeah, and that how I was showing through what I said and then my further the actions, actions right. that I was supporting her. Yes. Empathy and, and validating some yeah. things too. Like yeah. I, maybe that's very, very primitive human, but I was like, oh, so that's why when he asked you to date him when he left, because he was a year ahead of you, 
you're like, no, it won't work long distance. And I thought to myself, well, the way you relate to your partner, that long distance works, you know? So anyway, I kind of draw the line. So here I am in this couple hour outdoor conversation we're having, which I'm sure my daughter was mortified and completely, she, well, she looked mortified. She looked completely uncomfortable, obviously. I wasn't uncomfortable at all though. And I was trying to give her a sympathetic ear. Supportive ear. Yeah. And I just remember that being so, you know, we handled it way better than most parents. Let's be honest. I didn't tell my kid to move out and things like that. But you wish with the knowledge you have in retrospect, like, well, how could it have been different? It could have been this. Right. And then I, I'm human. So I equate things to myself. So I think back to my beginning sexuality and how I handled it with my parents and I handled it. And I think I shared that. I'm pretty sure I shared that with my daughter. I mean, I worked at a abortion clinic basically. So my daughter knew, knows that about me or she should, because I've talked about it with her, but knowing about how she relates. I went right to my parents and told them, Hey, I'm sexual active. Now I want to know about birth control and force the issue. And if they were like stammering, I'd say, well, then great. I already researched it. I went to Planned Parenthood or whatever I did. My daughter never did that. Interesting. Never. I knew she was a little amenorrheic. So we did the period talk early waiting for that to happen. I guess the only time I knew it was really happening, to be honest, was when she said, I need to get some stuff. And I said, I have it here. And I showed her. Okay. Was she a man because she was running? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To get back to the book, what you're describing is that moment with Nora where she just handled it perfectly. She's like, I'm here no, for she you. she did. But, that, but no one has that say. rule book. I know. That's exactly. why I think yeah. this, I, I'll just give this book props right now again right <laughs> for this section alone i no i wouldn't say that i would say many of the sections that incorporate vanillas and I, i'm not putting vanillas down i'm just saying that's what they are would be so valuable in how you relate to some child of yours that is other than society's you know hypocritical norm well you know we're going to have the mom of a trans kid on Yes, coming up. Which is super. And there'll be an interesting conversation around that for the same purpose, right? Yes. Because what we really are talking about is Christian morality largely has made sexuality like a taboo in the broad scheme. Sexuality, of yeah. So they're attacking sexuality and they're attacking gender. And gender, yes. Because of people's identification automatically makes them think, well, then that person must want, because people imagine sex in their head all the time. This is the craziest thing in the world. So that in order for you to be offended, let's just say this sin is always there. Yes, exactly. You will think of the most craziest thought you can think of what would happen sexually. And now you'll say that's bad, but their idea is you fucking thought it up. So I saw a great statistic today. Yeah. 40% 40% of people who identify as Republican mm-hmm. have in their life experienced cross-dressing. Oh. Isn't that interesting? And these are Maybe the people I who Maybe I can hate. turn that whole group. And this is... I could totally deal with this type of group. <laughs> and these are the people who are so freaking out about trans kids, about gay... Because it scares them on themselves. This, we know this to be true over workers, history of... Right? of hate in the world is that usually the hate's coming from a fear. Yes. And the fear is usually that it will change or I won't be number one or whatever. You know, there's a fear driven. What's really ironic about this, and this is an occurring out of this 
podcast experience for us. Yeah. And that is that we have talked to Kingsters all over the map, physically, geographically. Like right now, all we're the all map. over the world. All over the world. But I don't mean just the geographical map, I mean all over the kink map. We've talked That's to. That's it. Yeah, we try to get as far as we can get. We're, right. you know. Now, here's the thing to a person, every single time we've had a you know interesting and meaningful conversation with a kingster who's living their full self-expression as a kingster they're not they're not yeah constrained. it vibes with our idea of what full self-expression yes they're, they're not constrained by morality in their expression of their kink yeah those people to a person a hundred percent reliable statistic they are the happiest people we've encountered i would even say this too whether it's our kink or not Every person we've interviewed that has been with us, because being authentic is is a, something humans should aspire to. I agree. And the idea is you try to be authentic more and more and more in your life. Okay. For those individuals that were able to stay in a place of authenticity with us on the podcast, on what we actually talked about, on and off air too. Yeah. It counts. I think those people resonate at a frequency that we can see. Right. And therefore, even if we're not into their kink, what was said, what was shared, even feelings we felt directly affect the direction of our rabbit hole in our kink journey. It's true, isn't it? I think as a sexologist, I think this is science. So I'm getting into Sex- the science part of sexo- sexology. We are old enough to discern what's crap and what's possibility. You have a high and bar. Then, right. And yeah. then we take in differently because we're two different people. We hear different influences from all of their places too. Yeah, yeah. That then our filter is this authenticity filter. It almost is. Yeah. I just really appreciate the way Mako has generated conversation between us. By his writing. We're now... We're engaged. 20 minutes into a conversation <laughs> yeah. about aspects of this chapter that the chapter led us to have. Which and isn't see, that good writing? It's good writing, right? Because people can apply the book to their lives. People can put themselves in the book or you apply it. I think that's the signs of great at, books. Exactly. Or at least use it as a stimulus for a conversation yes. about the thing they don't understand. Yes. Yeah, for example. So good stuff. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.